Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we will be delving into my mailbag, answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This blessing comes from Moses' priest brother, Priest Aaron, and it comes in the form of a benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, friends, with all that's currently happening in our world today, we need to step back and look at the arguments for the existence of God. On the surface, the appearances, the evil's winning. However, God has already defeated Satan. Let that sink deep down into your heart. God overcame death at the cross of Calvary. No matter what appears to be happening in our world, we need not fear. We are children of God, and the Bible tells us over 100 times to fear not. I know many of you listening under the sound of my voice are believers. While there are others of you that are peeking in and peering in, listening as your curious onlookers or maybe even atheist, but allow me to present three arguments to you for the existence of God. The first one is called the ontological argument, dates back to a medieval philosopher named Saint Anselm of Canterbury. He said, God is the most perfect possible being. It's more perfect to exist than not to exist. If God did not exist, then God would lack a perfect existence. Therefore, God exists. The second argument is called the cosmological argument. This argument says that everything except God is contingent. In other words, everything else cannot exist except for God. However, every contingent thing requires a cause that is itself necessary. This necessary cause is God. And finally, the third argument is by design, an intelligent creator's responsible for our world. Features of the world are in harmony among the physical laws making life possible. The adaption of organisms to their environments and the fact that human beings are intelligent, are self-conscious beings. And then we do see that the science theory is still in existence today, dating back to Darwin, where they've insisted that arguments such as design do not work because every feature of the world is inadequate inadequately explained, especially by evolution. But with all of that being said, all of the arguments for and against, the number one source remains the Bible. 
the Word of God. And we learn in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God, and He was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, John has given us proof for both God and for Jesus. This is a fundamental truth that we must believe in order to have faith for eternal life. So what did John mean by the word? The word was a term used by theologians and philosophers, both Jews and Greeks. And in Hebrew scripture, the word is referring to or the word as the agent of creation, whereas the source of God's message to the people through the prophets and God's law, the word was his standard of holiness. But in Greek, the word was the principle of reason that governed the world or the thought still within the mind. So then I would ask you now, are you allowing world events that you're seeing more and more rapidly appearing on your phone, on the TV and news sources, people talking about them? Are these events influencing you to live to please others or are you still living to further glorify the kingdom of God regardless of the sway of the world? And first, we're going to explore what Paul had to say on this subject. And our journey today begins in Romans chapter 15, verses 14 through 22. Paul says, I'm fully convinced, dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well that you're able to teach others all about them. Even so, I've been bold enough to emphasize some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder from me. For I am, by God's grace, a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news and offer you up as a fragrant sacrifice to God, so that you might be pure and pleasing to Him by the Holy Spirit. So it's right for me to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. I dare not boast of anything else. I have brought the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I lived before them. I have won them over by the miracles done through me as signs from God, all by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ all the way from Jerusalem, clear over to Illyricum. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I've been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures where it says, Those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. Illyricum was a Roman territory on the Adriatic Sea between present-day Italy and Greece. It covered much the same territory as present-day Yugoslavia. Paul had wanted to visit the church at Rome, but he had delayed his visit because he had heard many good reports and knew the believers were doing well. As he stated, it was more important to preach in areas where they had not yet heard of the good news gospel. We can see through Paul's courageous example that living to please others is a life well-lived where the sharing of what's really important is imparted 
among the people. Of course, here I'm referring to the good news about Jesus Christ and eternal life. And think back to when I originally asked you that question about living for others, if that's what you were doing based upon all of the events that are surrounding us and the sway of the world. So now allow me to pose another question to you. What does it mean to be a child of the Most High God? Well, the simplest answer is that we're children of light as opposed to those of darkness. We're children who believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. Before we were saved, our lives were connected to the first Adam. Remember the Adam from the Garden of Eden? Well, through this connection, we were doomed to lives of ruin, sin, death, separation from God, disobedience, judgment, and the law. But Jesus came to earth as both deity and man, and in essence, took on the role of the second Adam. Allow me to explain. Adam was the counterpart of Christ. Think of Adam this way. He was the representative of created humanity, while Jesus is representative of a new spiritual humanity. He righted sin by overcoming death on the cross at Calvary. As the human race, we were all born into Adam's physical family. This was the line that leads to absolute death. We've spoken in the past of sowing and reaping. By being born into Adam's family, we are all reaping the consequences of sin. We've inherited his guilt, the tendency to sin, and God's punishment for doing so. Evil thought they were winning as Jesus was humiliated tortured and hung upon the cross to die a criminal's death when he was not even guilty of one sin ever. Satan turned his back and smiled smugly, but Jesus arose from the ashes as he alone conquered death and all the evil that came with it. In this moment, Satan's fate was forever sealed. Now as God's children, we have been rescued. We are the righteousness of God through his son, Jesus. We freely experience eternal life and we have a relationship with God. We walk in obedience and receive deliverance operating from a position of grace. Because of Jesus, we can trade judgment for forgiveness. Now we can be born into a spiritual family by believing on Jesus' finished work at the cross. This family line begins with forgiveness and it culminates in spiritual, eternal life. Today we're unpacking scripture that supports what we have as God's children, as his inheritance versus children of Adam. Romans chapter 5 verses 8 and 9, Paul teaches us, that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's judgment. Think on that verse of scripture for a moment, allowing it to sink deep within your heart. God sent Jesus on a mission to earth to die for you and for me, not because we were good and not because we certainly deserved it. Instead, God sent his son to earth 
solely based upon the fact that he loves us. We can rest assured when doubt creeps into our minds that God's love for us runs deep. As we remember that he loved us even before we turned to him. The love that caused Jesus to die is the same love that sends the Holy Spirit to live in us and guide us every day. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that saved both you and me and is available to us in our daily lives. Today we can be confident that having a new life with Jesus, we have a reserve of power and love to call on each day to help to meet every challenge or trial that we will ever face. Daily, we can pray for God's power and love to show itself as we need it. When we do this, we're praying for a touch from God upon our lives. And God has given us new life, a new nature, and new freedoms. Paul instructs us not to take advantage of God's free gift by giving him more to forgive. We're not to decide ahead of time that we'll attempt to take advantage of God. This would show that we do not understand the seriousness of sin against our Father. And although God forgives, this does not lessen the seriousness of sin. Jesus paid for sin with his very life. This ought to show us the dire consequences for sin, while mercy is readily available to all who will ask for it. It must not become an excuse for careless living and moral laxness. When God makes us whole, it's called sanctification. This occurs as we continue to grow and deepen our faith in God and who His Son Jesus is. We're free from sin's control within our lives and we have the victory over sin. In our new life, sin's power is broken. Our sin-loving nature is buried and sin no longer controls us. Romans chapter 6 verse 6, Paul puts it like this, Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. The power of sin over us died on the cross with Jesus, freeing us from its power. The power of sin refers to our rebellious, sin-loving nature inherited from Adam. Oftentimes, we cooperate with willingly within our sinful nature. But importantly, we need to realize it is not us, but the sin in us that is evil. And it's the power of sin at work in our lives that's defeated. Paul has already told us through faith in Christ, we stand acquitted or not guilty before God. While God doesn't remove us from the world when we become Christians, nor does he make us into robots, we still may feel like sinning from time to time. And and sometimes we will do just that. But the difference is that before we were saved, we were slaves to our sinful nature. But now we can choose to live for Jesus. And this new nature allows us to share his new life. We can look upon our old nature as dead. And instead, we made a decision to be alive to God. We see ourselves as unresponsive to the old power and alive to the new. Paul had this to say in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. 
So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Because of our union and identification with Jesus, we no longer want to pursue our old plans, desires, or goals. Now we find ourselves wanting to live for the glory of God. The Holy Spirit indwells within us and helps us become all that Jesus wants us to be. What about our newfound freedom in Jesus when we no longer allow sin to control or dominate us? We've given ourselves completely to God and we are free. We have the conscience choice of which master we're going to serve. We're able to commit ourselves to obeying Jesus wholeheartedly in perfect freedom. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, Paul offers us more advice by sharing, Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive his approval. And friends, that's what it means when we say that we are God's righteousness through Christ Jesus. We have his approval. And people pattern themselves after others, especially if the person they're following is leading a life worth modeling. Here, Paul's telling us exactly this. He's saying that all people have a master. Without Jesus, we would have no other choice but to be enslaved to sin, resulting in guilt, suffering, and separation from God. However, thanks be to Jesus, we can now choose God as our master. When we follow him, we can enjoy our everyday lives. We're given new life, and we learn how to work for the glory of God. The past two episodes have focused in on pride being on trial by Jesus. Now I want to make sure that I point out when pride is okay. You see, Paul was enthusiastic about what God had done through him. Being proud of God's work is not a sin. It translates into worship. If you're unsure if pride is sneaking in, stop and ask yourself this question. Am I just as proud of what God is doing through other people as I am of what God is doing through me? And you'll have your answer. So hopefully, friends, today's episode has reminded you of the numerous benefits we have in both God and Christ Jesus. Like Jesus, we too have overcome and conquered death. We are heaven bound. Earth is only our temporary resting spot until we make it back to our homeland once again. And like Paul, let's remember to use every opportunity we have to influence another person for the kingdom of God. After all, according to the word of God, we are not wrong in what's to come eternally. As ambassadors for Christ, we are called to make a difference here upon earth. So friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in God's son, which is none other than Jesus, professing with their mouth. And listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You see, when we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place 
Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. And our sin is placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. So today, friends, if this is you, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me, Father God, I'm repenting of my sins meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. I'm changing my ways of doing life. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sins at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you just prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk airs on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you might have grown up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, deliverance, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring that you're going to get the latest releases when they become available. And friends, much of today's podcast is referenced from various chapters in my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or compelling, you can feel free to pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. But importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I will find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you. Thank you.